Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Oh, you just turned up there. I did. I love this jam. Doesn't matter if I have to listen to it every week. It's Tuesday. Oh, no, it's Thursday. Sorry. Thursday, June 27th. Uh, my name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon right across from me. As always. What's up? We are at the end of June. The last episode of June. Holy cow. Dude, I'm going to get so lit that means for we're, the 4th of July. We are a month away from real fantasy drafts happening. That's the greatest sound. That is, that is pretty, pretty dope. It's pretty awesome. Um, we're excited to bring you... Uh, yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, I think one of our episodes released on July 4th. <laughs> oh, really? The 4th of July is a, a Thursday. Next Thursday, guys. Oh. The 4th of July. Dude, on that show, we got to just like eat Turn. a bunch of hot dogs oh. and just like scream into the mic. <laughs> just scream into the mic. <laughs> right behind my apartment, okay. there is a there is a like a guy that shoots off fireworks every single night. And they're not just like these crappy little fireworks. They're, they're like, like legit. They're like legit big ones. He just fires one off. I have all my windows open and I hear this bang. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, like it scares the now? crap out of me every it was it's at night. It's like at eleven o'clock at night. It just like literally Talk me about, and my wife um, are in bed and we're just like Rah! getting festive early. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> no, it's been happening for like a month. <laughs> it's like either somebody's He's testing out the either stuff. Either somebody's bro. getting shot or <laughs> Yeah. I mean, well, you know. Or there's a firework. It sounds like a firework. Let's hope it's uh, a firework. Anyway, yeah. Next Thursday, uh, we're going to have a, a, a nice fun fourth of July show. But we are excited today to bring you our top ten draft tips. For 2019, 2020, and beyond. And we'll probably do this show every year to, to give it a little more oomph. Some new probably ideas that we come away with. Um, before we get into our question to start the show, um, be sure to go over to Twitter. Like us on Twitter, at the FF Champs. On Instagram, at the Fantasy Champions. Like us on Facebook, at facebook.com forward slash the Fantasy Champions. Subscribe wherever you listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. Click the bell, leave a review, share with your friends, all kinds of good stuff. Um, we are growing steadily, but surely we are growing. And with your help, we can become the largest oh, yes. fantasy podcast on oh, every wow. platform. Large, lofty goals, but uh, I'll, I'll roll with it. Dude, you know what? I have large goals as well. Hopefully my bank account will one day reach the largest. <laughs> Not if you keep rolling up to McDonald's. <laughs> Dude, what you talking about, bro? What That's you how you're going to stay rich, dog. You got McDonald's. You got nice, cheap meals, man. <laughs> it's better than going out to eat like some fancy places like Olive Garden, you know? <laughs> fancy places. <laughs> and Chipotle just, and Chick-fil-A, man. Those places are crazy. I can just imagine a white gangster going, woman, I'm taking you to Olive Garden tonight. <laughs> hey, hey, what's up, girl? Yo, you like fancy places? I'm taking all of God. Hey, hey, I got a place just for you, all right? <laughs> you, me, a couple wines, and Olive Garden. Spaghetti Get on me. breadsticks. <laughs> hey, waiter. Hey, this is my girl. Lord okay, knows, I'm taking her on a date. Give her some breadsticks, you know? <laughs> Lord knows any... The only reason to go to Olive Garden is for the breadsticks, so that's... Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah. Uh, let's get into our question to start the show for Thursday. What running back unit are you avoiding the most this year? Entire unit. I'll start. Okay. I'll start. You're going to kill so there me because I thought was, of one immediately. There then. was four. There was four. Oh, do you want to start? No, go ahead. All right. So there was four units that I was uh, that I was specifically thinking about. Washington, Philly, Buffalo, and San Francisco. Okay. The one I think is the most disastrous of all of them because Buffalo Buffalo is pretty bad, but I didn't pick Buffalo. I'm not. Okay. I won't talk about it. But Buffalo, I looked today. I was like, wow. Yeah. Um. I think it's. I think it's the Washington Redskins. Ooh. They right. have. They have Chris Thompson, who might not even make the team. We'll see what happens. He, I think Darius Geis, who was the guy that was supposed to be the man's last Just year, two months ago he hurt. was going in like the second round. Yeah. And then you have Adrian Peterson, who's projected to be the number one back on the roster, who still wants to play in the NFL and do his thing. And now you got Bryce Love, a fourth round pick running back. So they have a clustered backfield. Yep. There's a lot of different guys on it. You spend a fourth round pick on a guy, Bryce Love's got to make the team. So he has to make the team. You got AP, you're not going to cut him. He had a good season last year. You still got yet. you still got some stuff left in the tank. And then you got your first second was it was he a first or a second round draft pick Darius guys. I think he was he a was first. A, Maybe second, a, early second. Uh, I'm not um, sure. But you have Geis who was your invested draft pick that got hurt and you hope he comes out. Um, and then you know he you hope he comes out, works out and pans out and and then you have your um you have Chris Thompson, who's probably going to end up being cut with like three other guys at the bottom of the roster. They have like eight running backs. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and so obviously not all of them are going to make it. They'll probably retain four running backs. But all four of them have a reasonable spot to get at least in the active unit. And for me, it's like I'm avoiding Chris Thompson. Obviously, probably completely undrafted, not even a guy you would even look at. No. Bryce Love, not even a guy that you would look at. So no. the two guys for me that that you know it comes down to is AP, and there's going to be people who look at him and go, "Oh my God, that's a stash. He's going to be good again." No, um, I'd stay far yeah, away. Start from him. far away from him, and then Darius Geis, who is getting drafted far too early to even justify. See, he's a the draft one pick. guy I would debate it like i probably would you would think about it but right you would wisely stay away hopefully <laughs> i probably wouldn't draft depends where he is but like yeah. i'm staying away from that entire backfield because yeah. i don't see the opportunity unless ap gets hurt for me there's no opportunity and so it's like i i just the more i look at it the more i was like wow this is just a mess and i don't even for me i don't even know where to put darius guys on my rankings i'm having a hard time with that because i'm like <laughs> it is yeah, i don't even want to i don't even want to draft him i it, the Redskins situation, I think, is you kind of have to see like how yeah. it plays out and who right. kind of emerges. Because I mean, there is a chance it could be Peterson or, or Darius guys, right? And Chris Thompson could be cut, but he could also be there, like RB two, you know? Right. So I was very tempted to just piss you off and say Chicago Bears. No, just stay away from the Bears running backs. I actually really don't mind the Bears. I don't mind the Bears, but I don't really want What was your it. team again? What was it? What was your team again? I haven't you, said it you yet. You haven't said it yet? No. I thought you said it and I completely <laughs> zonked on it. You're too busy zoinking on uh, Montgomery, the Bears team. No, it's, it's true. So my team that I'm going to choose is the San Francisco 49ers. My lovers over there in San Fran 
only because of Jimmy Garoppolo, though. But <laughs> so their running back situation, fantasy wise, I think is a complete like mess. Crap show overall. Yeah, yeah. Yep. A straight up garbage can. We have Tevin Coleman, who is probably going to be the starter. Don't want to draft him, especially where he's going right now. I think last time I checked, he was like seventh or eighth round. Yeah. For a guy who may or may not be the RB1. Mm-hmm. You got Matt Pareto, who was the RB1 last year. Jared McKinnon, who was supposed to be the RB1 last year. And they still got, was it Raheem Moistart? Is that how you say it? Ra- Ra- uh, yeah, Raheem Moistart. Yeah. So you got those four guys. All of them are probably going to make the team. Yeah. Could you, like, I could see any one of those four guys, especially like McKinnon, Pareto, and Coleman, being the starter on this team. I saw a report. I could say... To say yes to that statement, by the way. Yeah, you can see any one of those guys. But I right. did see a report that said basically that Coleman is probably going to be the guy that gets, not that he's necessarily going to be the starter, but he's going to be the guy that gets the most opportunity and snaps in that running backfield. And that they want to keep, they have five running backs. One's a fullback. Oh, boy. One's a fullback. And another one they use on special teams. So that means the four – they have six running backs. I'm sorry. The four running backs that we just talked about, Raheem Mostart is one, is one of the guys on, the, on, the, um, on special teams that they want to keep. So they're basically only going to have two running backs that they hold per game on the roster uh, as an active guy. So that means that if they keep all of their running backs, either Matt Breida or Jarek McKinnon one are going to be a healthy probably- scratch. Yeah, um, and so that's what this reporter said, and I'm, I was I looked at it, and I was like, oh my word! So it basically, go. basically, it comes. You just paid Tevin Coleman, so it's not him. So it's going to come down to Brita, and it's going to be come down to Jarek McKinnon. Um, I was actually looking at this earlier today, and Jarek McKinnon has just been putrid. Has he in the time that he has played on the field? He has not been. Well, he his first year he averaged three point six yards a carry, and his second year he averaged three point nine yards a carry. He's not an efficient running back, so unless something magical changes and he becomes more efficient. Well, here's the problem though. They paid him a lot of money. Jarek McKinnon? Yeah. Yeah. They ha- they signed him last year with the intention of being the RB one yeah. on the team. The other problem is too is that Matt Breida didn't look that good when you realistically look at his numbers from last year too. Everyone was yeah. like, Oh my gosh, he's amazing. But with the first four games of the season he was good. With Garoppolo, of course. Yeah. Shout out my and boy then, Jimmy. And then after that, he was just average. Right. So it's like he wasn't I think if they're gonna choose a guy, McKinnon will probably be the guy that they go with. They I know they brought Coleman in to be the Coleman role in the Kyle Shanahan <laughs> yeah. offense. Yeah. So he's in he's the he's the Coleman role of Dan Quinn's offense, which is Kyle Shanahan's offense. So technically he's playing he's playing his own role with San Fran. But at this point, with the injuries to Matt Breida and Jarek McKinnon being constant, like Coleman might end up being the starter, which he probably will be. <sighs> that's a disaster, is what that is. Yikes. But it's a pretty nasty backfield that's not. Like I'm avoiding that one too. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, like if we're just talking football wise, like non fantasy, it's not. Oh yeah, all, no, that's a good. But f- yeah, fantasy wise, it's like we're, we're talking only fantasy. <laughs> yes, that's we um, are a fantasy show. Another, another, uh, some quiet notes. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles is one I really do like Miles Sanders, but I feel like their Josh Adams is supposedly on the bubble, and I don't know who's the other guy that was with Josh Adams last year. What's the guy's uh, name? 
It escapes me. I don't um, remember. It's not even worth remembering at this yeah, point. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, they have Miles Sanders and they have Jordan Howard. And so Miles Sanders being a rookie coming in, I don't think he can uh, he can be effective for, you know on week one. And Jordan Howard was so inefficient in what he was doing last year. It's just not worth even using a draft pick on him because if he stays inefficient this year, he's going to get less snaps. That's guaranteed. If he gets less snaps... That doesn't mean he's going to be like everyone's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to draft Jordan Howard late and he's going to go back to being an RB1. No, he's not. He's going to get less snaps <laughs> and he's still going to be inefficient. Yeah. So, like last year, he averaged 3.6 yards a carry. The year before oh, that, he averaged 3.9. Like he was bad. He just gets a crap ton of attempts. He had 270 and touches last year. The year before, he had 290. <laughs> Yeah. Like, good God, man. Is he going to get the same amount of attempts no. playing in Philly? Right. He might, he might hit 200 touches. But to me, it's like, even if he does do that, he'd be lucky to finish in the top 20. Lucky. Um, so that's one of the backfield. Then the only one, like I said, I mentioned Buffalo. Yeah, um, I just want to rattle off the show. Yeah, it's a crap show. I want to rattle off the players they have. So they brought in Frank Gore. They brought in TJ Yeldon. They have oh, LaShawn boy. McCoy. Oh, and boy. they have Devin Singletary, their fourth round running oh, back. Oh, boy. So they are loaded. Uh, they actually have a lot of talented veterans. running backs, a lot of guys that, well, I mean, Frank Gore is old as crap, but TJ Yeldon's <laughs> decent. LaShawn McCoy was good back in the day. He's kind of old and he's not good anymore. And then Devin Singletary is the young guy. So I, I think it'll work in Buffalo, but it's just for fantasy, fantasy wise, it's, just it's like, a disaster. Yeah. So I would stay away from that backfield too. But, um, it's interesting to see, especially as training camp comes along, how those, Depth, how the depth charts are in preseason too, but how the depth charts are going to work out and how the players are going to rank in the roster and how they're going to utilize them. Because Frank Gore might not even make the team right now. They have him as the second best uh, player profiler.com has him the second has him the, as the number two running back on the depth chart. He might not even make the team. So um, that him and TJ Yeldon, but I think if there's a guy on that roster that could take over, and this is a hot take, but uh, take over LaShawn McCoy's job, it would probably be Yeldon because he's young and he's been somewhat efficient with Jacksonville. Mm. And LaShawn McCoy was a garbage can last year. Like TJ I mean, Yeldon, really TJ Yeldon too, and LaShawn yeah. McCoy both started last year, especially when Fournette was out. And TJ Yeldon was way more efficient than LaShawn McCoy. So I, I just think it's the bit right, of offense. Two very different situations, though, last year, too. I think it's Buffalo's offense altogether. I'm not sure. I'm not really sure it's that. But anyway, let's move into our top ten draft picks. Drop tip. Drop ten. <laughs> um, number one. This is uh, why. Patrick this is Mahomes. why. This is why I need segment drops. Number two. Because if I say if, uh, if I Christian keep, McCaffrey, it's why I need segment drops. Because if I keep saying it, I'm going to screw it up. So yeah, our top ten draft picks. Number three, Jimmy uh, Garoppolo. Stop it. Uh, top ten draft pick. Uh, <laughs> this is a rough show for me. This is a rough one. Uh, number four, okay. uh, Drew Brees' hair. Top 10 draft tips. Ooh, there it is. There it is. Let's get started with our top 10 draft tips. Um, so I'll start with tier your players. This is an interesting one. We talked about it before on our um, our first show, first oh, episode all together. Throwback. Throwback all the way to February. Um, so... Basically, what you want to do is, and, and you can make your own rankings or you can choose to use somebody else's. A lot of the rankings that you get online usually come with tiers. 
um, but some draft rankings don't. Um, what I would suggest is if you if you trust one source, don't use like five different sources. Um, you can use the Fantasy Pros ECR, which is totally fine. Um, and then you can use uh, like one of your like if you listen to the Fantasy Footballers podcast, you can totally use their um, UDK and and do that. I'm not shouting out anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, or you can use ours someday when we release content it's gonna and a website it's gonna happen um but anyway so you can use you know whichever one you trust the most um to break down your players i like to rank my players personally and then tier my players personally because that gives me the most accurate depiction of what i want as a fantasy owner so mm. the players that i like are going to be ranked the way that i want them they're going to be ranked basically based on what guy would take over what guy all the way down so i already know what guy would take over what guy if it's my own personal rankings whereas if you go to the ecr you might disagree with one and then go well i don't want this guy the ecr says they want him, but it is what it is so you do that first right so you rank them first and then what you want to do is you want to draw draw a line between the separating players so what that means is if you see for example i have Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley in my tier one of running backs, and that's it. Tier one for me is guys that I think are going to finish as the number one running back in fantasy. Zeke and Saquon are the two guys that I think have the best chance of finishing as the number one running back. Okay. After that, I draw a line and I say, so, so those guys are in their own, their own, they're in their own level, they're in their own tier. Then the second tier starts, and you have guys like. Um, Kamara. Kamara and Christian McCaffrey and Melvin Gordon and, and so on and so forth. So you basically find the separating gap between each section of players and then put them in tiers. So you say you have a tier two wide receiver and a tier two running back and you're drafting. You know, obviously, if it's tier two in both categories, you're looking at it and you're going, okay, which is the highest ranked player in each tier? Right. Um, if you're drafting and you get to the third round, for example, and there was an, a massive run on wide receivers, and so now you're all the way down to tier four and wide receivers, but there's still a tier two running back on the board, you take your tier two running back and you let everyone else continue on their run of wide receivers. So it kind of shows you. It gives you in what I like to do is print it out and cross out players as I go, mm. um, so that I can look at the sheet of paper. I can see what's going on. I can see what tiered players that are left in each position, and then I can take that best player. Um, drafting with your tiers allows you to take the best possible what you think at least is the be- or the experts or whoever you follow the best possible player available is for that particular situation. So for me. I like to use tiers. Drafting with tiers gives you like an unruly advantage against everyone else, especially when drafting. When uh, Joe Schmo walks in with a sticky note <laughs> and his notes for the entire draft on it saying, I'm going to get this player. You draft with tiers, you're going to sit there and there's going to be a guy in front of you. I guarantee it. There's going to be a guy in front of you and you're going to draft the guy he wanted. And that feeling feels so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like, they're like, dang it, what are we supposed to cut that guy? And you're like, and then no, you their, were just prepared see, for that's, it. Well, that's the thing too, because if you do it by tiers and that, something like that happens. So let's say you're Joe Schmo and you did not do it by tier. Now you wanted Chris, well, let's just theoretically say my boy Christian McCaffrey. Let's say you wanted McCaffrey this whole time. Yep. Guy in front of you takes him. Now you're you're screwed because your whole plan was McCaffrey. Yep. You're drafting by tiers. You're like, okay, McCaffrey's off the board, but Kamara's still in his tier, and he's on the board here. 
So I can still go Kamara because to me, those guys are both the same as right. I've already done my research and I can already see who's in what tier. Mm. So it does help you. It makes you more prepared and yeah. overall helps you succeed in fantasy drafts. That's true. Give us number two, boss. All right. Number two. So for me, it's target your guys, but don't overvalue you. Boom. All right. So here's what I mean by that. You love Jimmy Garoppolo. I know you do. Oh, I love Jimmy Garoppolo too, but I'm not taking. Everyone's the... like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> I'm talking to myself in a mirror right now. <laughs> but I will not take him in the fifth or sixth round. Yeah, because I know that's overvaluing him way too much. You have to realize to not go after, even though you're. It's the guy you want. Yeah, to not get him like three rounds early or two rounds early. I know you really want him on your team. Yeah. I know you really, really love AJ Green, bro. I know you really love Amari Cooper. I know you really love insert player here. Don't take him in the second round. Don't draft Patrick Mahomes in the first round. Please don't. Yeah. I you you, you should still target your guys though. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like kind of like what you said when you ranking system, like you mm. might have someone higher than regular ECR. So that might be like one of your guys, quote unquote. Where you're like, oh, I really want this guy on my team, mm-hmm. but I don't know if he'll be there. So you keep that in mind. You want him on your team. You target him, but don't overvalue him. Do not draft him way too early. Yeah. Um, that's so true. I think I think that I you always bring this story up on this podcast because I try to drill it into my mind that <laughs> I made this mistake so that Uh-oh. I don't make it again. Um, I started my draft last year and you know, the, a a draft strategy in my draft strategy, uh, it allows me to understand exactly what's going to happen in our personal draft and then take guys and come up with backup plans for guys. So I kind of know what my team's going to look like before I even walk in the draft room. The problem with this is that if I don't properly scout guys, I end up drafting players over certain guys and not adjusting to what's actually happening in the draft room. Right. If a guy falls or if a, or if a guy is getting drafted too early. So I'll give you two examples from my draft last year where I made a mistake. Okay. Um, the first one, which I think I talked about last week even, was <laughs> was the Christian McCaffrey-Jordan-Howard gaff. Mm. I drafted Jordan Howard because I liked Jordan Howard. I, at the time, planning my draft, did not expect Christian McCaffrey to be on the board. And when Christian McCaffrey fell to me, I was like, Oh, I should probably draft Christian McCaffrey. And then I was like, ah, you know, I'm going to draft. I'm going to draft Jordan Howard. And then the second time was that I had already in my plan that I was, I I planned that I was going to get Carson Wentz in the sixth round last year. I was like, this is the guy I'm going to get one round early just so nobody else gets him just to be safe. Get my quarterback in the sixth round. That's why I never draft quarterbacks early (laughs) ever again. Um, And, there was another guy that I was targeting and that I didn't think would be on the board at that point, and that was Joe Mixon, and he made it to my mm. pick at 604. And had I drafted Joe Mixon, I probably would have had the best running back like group in the entire league that would have dominated. Yeah. And uh, imagine if I had drafted Zeke, Christian McCaffrey, and Joe Mixon all in the same draft. Man, changes uh, changes a lot of things. Yeah, it changes it? a lot of things. So, But I, I was sitting there with all of those guys on the board and very feasible for me to get that team. And I drafted Carson Wentz and Jordan Howard over Christian McCaffrey and uh, and uh, Joe Mixon. So that's never. Wah, wah, wah. Just remember, there are guys you're gonna like, 
There are guys you're going to not like. Do not overvalue the guys you like and don't devalue the guys you don't like. Mm. Um, I think that's that's actually a, a good draft tip to go because side and side with this. Even if you don't like a guy, but he's falling in drafts yeah. and the ADPs. Like why that that doesn't really match. Yeah. You can always draft him yeah. and trade him too. Right. Always keep that in mind. Yeah. Um I believe we talk about that tip. Oh. A little bit. Foreshadowing. Later. Yeah, foreshadowing. Um so let's move to number three. Using strength of schedule. A lot of guys don't do this. A lot of guys don't use uh home and road and they don't mm-hmm. use strength of schedule. Um and if you don't know what I mean by home and road uh, some guys play just better at home than they do yep. on the road. Jared Goff is a great example. Drew Brees. Of that. Um, some people, some people tie quarterbacks together. So if Jared Goff plays well at home but sucks on the road, you draft Jared Goff, and then you know if if there's another player that plays well in certain situations or they have matchups that coincide with that, you just mm. get the other quarterback, and then it's basically two quarterbacks in one. You're just putting yeah. them together. Um, so some people draft quarterbacks like that. Regardless. Make sure you understand the strength of schedule. Now, don't just take last year's numbers, slap them on the freaking sheet <laughs> of paper, and say, oh, these are the strength of schedule for last year. Understand you also have to look at defense. You also have to look at the, the changes that people made. Like, is the Chiefs' defense better than it was last year? Yes, they added a cornerback, I believe. What's his name? I don't remember. They also added a uh, linebacker. Too. Yeah, they added a very good corner, corner and linebacker. Their defense is now much improved. Are they going to be the same defense they were last year? Only time will tell. But you have to understand the improvements that were made on the defensive side of the ball. So a lot of the websites out there like Fantasy Pros um, really give you a, a good depiction of what the strength of schedule is based on the changes. So they'll give you a, a basic rank saying yeah. this guy's strength of schedule is this. Um, so you can go on that website if you don't already pay for Fantasy Pros. This is not an advertisement, but uh, you can do that. Um, but anyway, so strength of schedule is something that I use when I draft, understanding that, like, hey, maybe this guy is – he's got a tough early start to the season. Mm-hmm. The second half of the season, he's got all these little uh, these little games that are just going to be real good for him towards the end, especially in the championship game. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so just foreshadowing what's going to actually happen. Obviously, you got to get there, but like, see, look, seeking out guys who have an easier schedule um, is going to benefit you in the long run. If yeah. you just take guys and completely ignore uh, the strength of schedule, then you're gonna, you're actually probably going to collapse as a team. So, I use strength of schedule when I draft to to kind of guide me in that. But. Yeah. No, I mean. Using strength of schedule does help out a lot. It's uh and like we mentioned with quarterbacks too, like Drew Brees. Like there are just some players yeah. that are just dominate at home. At home. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, geez. Wow. At home and then just struggle on the road. Right. It's important to identify those. It's also important to identify I mean, how many times have we seen a good player that has a bad year and then after the season's over everybody's like well, it was just because they had a tough schedule. Yeah. There's a few people sitting in the back of the room. It's like, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, why I didn't draft yeah, them. That's why I didn't draft them. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, let's move to number four, the one you wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. Let's get it, boss. Speaking of foreshadowing, boys, <laughs> don't be afraid to draft for a trade. Boom. <laughs> so kind of what I quickly mentioned 
where if a guy falls to you and you're like, I don't really like this guy. Right. But you know somebody does. Let's use an example here. We'll bring it up again since we bring it up every single time. Mr. Morgan was sitting in the third round, had Jordan Howard and Christian McCaffrey on the board. He decides to pick Jordan Howard. Now, he didn't like Christian McCaffrey. However, if he decided to pick Christian McCaffrey and still didn't want him on his team, he knew deep down that there was two guys that really, really wanted him, and one of them was me. And he could have totally fleeced one of us and sent Christian McCaffrey to that team. Yep. It's something that you should definitely keep in mind when drafting. I'm not saying to do this for all your picks. No, that would be dumb. To, no, <laughs> I, obviously not. Some but if you're gonna work in, out, but. And probably, honestly, I would rather not do it in the first round yeah. or even the second, like early, very the early. Early rounds, yeah. I, I mean, but if you're like the third round is when it gets interesting because that's usually this year, I think it's kind of more the fourth round, like late third, fourth, yeah. when it kind of becomes more open. Like, there's a lot of really good players first two and a half, three rounds. Right. And then it kind of becomes open and very, like, this guy likes this guy, this person likes this guy. Yeah. Like, so that's when I would really start to look at it, the fourth round, where you can draft a guy and you know someone's sitting right behind you really wants to draft this person mm-hmm. that you can write after the draft or even after if he has a good week oh, one. Yeah. Sell him. Send him. I think the biggest thing for me is that, and this is one thing I've learned over the last couple years even is you really, sh- this, this is, this is a, this is one of our better tips. Um, don't be, don't force yourself in a box because you don't like, and this is what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Don't, don't devalue a player because you don't like them. I don't like Tyreek Hill, and I don't like Michael Thomas. Still don't. Had really good fantasy seasons last year. There was a few teams in our league that really wanted them. I could have actually made some really decent trades had I drafted them, but I passed on both of them to take a hurt A.J. Green. (laughs) So um, make sure that whatever you're doing is – it makes sense for your team. This is also another – it's a good – drafting for a trade is a really good tip, but I think you could also go as far as saying – don't be afraid like if a certain guy comes off the board mm-hmm. that you that you liked and you're like, dang it, he took the guy that I wanted. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid to go, okay, well, that's not the end of the world. I'll just draft this guy and then I'll see if I can make a trade with somebody else. Well, that's else the thing. People, the you're right. Yeah. A lot of times if the draft's not going your way, like that's okay. Yeah. Just draft somebody right. that you know somebody else will like. Or even if you don't know. The draft almost will never go your way. Right. Not, That's so not, true. I don't mean that in the context of like it, it never goes your way and pout. It's not going to go according to your plan. Yeah, right. You have to you have to you have to learn to flow with the plan. So flow with the draft. Always my dude. like and that one of the things that I like to do is if there's a guy, like I said, if there's a guy I don't like, mm-hmm. I take him anyway. Yeah. Especially if there's no one else there. Like if you're right. like sitting there like oh my god who am I gonna take here? There's the guy. If I don't obviously like. <laughs> there's somebody that you want that's yeah. still there, you take them. But there's there's but. like you're like I don't like Philip Lindsay this year, but some idiot in our league is gonna want Philip oh, Lindsay. You They're know some, love somebody it. that loves Philip so, Lindsay. one hundred percent. So you buy him and then you sell him before he gets bad. <laughs> so that's, I mean, if you start doing that, it makes a lot more sense. Like it, it helps your team in the long run because mm. it doesn't handcuff you to making a bad decision or drafting a guy too early, right? Uh, because you maybe you want this guy, but he's going in the eighth round, but you're in the sixth round. There's no one to draft in the sixth round. So you're like, eh, I'll take the guy that I wanted in the eighth round. Just get him out of the way now. No, take the bad guy, wait till the eighth round, and make the right pick, and then just trade that other thing away. Makes yeah. way more sense in the long run. Agreed. Uh, let's move to number five. 
Number five, follow the ADP. So many people don't do this. It's actually astounding. I hear there's a there's certain fantasy football experts on Instagram that I won't mention that say Uh-oh. that they shouldn't you shouldn't use ADP altogether because it's a it's a lie or a ploy from uh, from the experts. So on. <laughs> Sounds like Alex Jones. Yeah, <laughs> basically the Alex Jones of fantasy football. So. I won't mention any names, but anyway, (laughs) uh, so for me, I follow the ADP. The reason why you have to follow the ADP is because you don't want to. It goes back to one of the ones you mentioned, the second round. Don't target guys, target guys, but don't overvalue them. It's similar to that in the context that you have to understand that, okay, I want this guy. His ADP is here. And if I draft him now, it's going to be around too early. If I wait, And I understand, like, and this is what using tiers and, like, all these kind of come together as you start figuring things out. But um, what you do is you have a a window open on your computer or you have a little notebook and you write down each and every person, like, each and every team's name and who they draft. And then you're looking looking at, like, on on Sleeper, you can see the draft board right in front of you as it's going along. Or if you do, like, an offline draft and you got the board on the wall, you can see it as it's going down. Right. So you see the run on players. You're like, okay, there's a run on running backs. There's a run on wide receivers. You know what's going to happen. And say you're six picks away from this happening. And three, you know, the the six teams ahead of you all need a wide receiver. And you don't need another wide receiver. You want to draft that running back. But... You don't want to draft that running back yet because there's another guy you want. So you take the guy that you want, and then you wait six picks because you know those guys are probably going to take wide receivers. So it's understanding the ADP of where things are going and looking at a guy saying that, okay, he's supposed to go in the eighth round. Don't take him around too early because you're nervous that six guys ahead of you, are, you know, they're going to take him. Understand that those six teams have wide receivers that they got to take, and I'm just going to take my, my running back around right. later. Um, and so understand where guys, even before the draft, where guys are going. That's why uh, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but that's why mock drafting is important to understand where the draft is flowing, what guys are going where. Um, but understand the ADP. I think yeah. it's, and under- it's one of the most important things to do when you're drafting. And that kind of goes with like understanding guys in your league too. Being like, well, I know this guy loves to draft quarterbacks. Right. He loves to draft quarterbacks early. Mm-hmm. So I know he's probably going to take a quarterback here, mm-hmm. which means I'll get this guy here right after him. Right. So knowing ADP and knowing guys in your league, I think those two things are very important. Very, very important. So you know what else has kind of been going with what I've been talking about? Number six. Similar, similar to what I said earlier, when you just you have a guy in mind, right? Yeah. You targeted a guy. He didn't go to you, and now mm. you're panicking. Every Here's time. the tip: don't panic. You're, if the draft's not going your way, which we know it probably won't, and your guy just got taken off the board, and your backup plan just got taken off the board, and your plan C just got taken off the board, yep. and you're freaking out, so you just draft somebody to draft somebody. Yep. Almost never works out. Listen, if a situation like that happens, it's pretty easy to kind of like just calm down, mm-hmm. right? Let's say your three guys that you want to win off the board. You can pick by the highest ADP. You can pick by your fit team fit. You can pick by picking a guy to trade him like we talked about. You still have plenty of options, especially yeah. if it's early. Like first two or three rounds, 
even if your guys got off the board, chances are not all of your guys went off the board. Like there's still plenty of players in those first couple rounds that you can get. And even if it's later in the draft, you still have plenty of options because chances are later in drafts, like if you go rounds four, five, six, seven, there's guys that are falling. There's guys that are getting more, there's other teams that are getting more desperate. Mm -hmm. So you always have options in the draft and just know it's not going to go your way. And when it doesn't, just relax. I think panicking leads to making dumb decisions. Making dumb decisions, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But I think that if you're, this is what this is for me. This is what creating backup plans is all about. If you go into a draft and you're sitting there and you're like, "This is the guy I want. This is the round I'm going to get him," and then that guy comes off the board and you didn't create a backup plan for that. Yeah. You're sitting there confused and not knowing what you're going to do. <laughs> you're like, oh my God, we got to take. Wait. And then you're super conf- like, you just completely collapse as a fan. Somebody took sh- took Barkley in the first round. I was yeah. going to take him 10th overall. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> just stay calm. Like, there's no reason to be in your fantasy league and like freak out at your draft and, and start drafting. Because uh, one bad thing leads to the next and you end up completely collapsing. Yeah. So uh, just don't panic. Stick with it. Um, and, and, you know, always have like, for me, I don't want to try to like, like every player in the draft. Obviously that's not going to happen, but try to find the best players that you want, the best players that are available and always have a backup plan. Always have a plan to be like, okay, well, this guy came off the board. Oh, that guy came off the board. This guy came off the board. Like I have like five backup plans so that I'm not sitting there at the draft uh, freaking out. That one guy that you drafted using tears and he goes, oh, that was, should have been my guy. You know he's going to have a bad draft. If it happens right. in like the third round, you're like, oh, that guy's going to have a bad <laughs> draft because they're already getting mad that something happened. Yeah, And it's like if you cause that, you're like, okay, this is, this is going well. Right. Um, and you want to be the one in the draft room that's like poised, understanding what you're doing. And if somebody comes off the board, show no reaction. Just be like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Put your poker face on. Like the guy that you... Because every if you're in a league and you've been in a league for years, they know the guys you like. Yeah. And when when uh, people draft Christian McCaffrey in our league, they look right at Rick and they're like, <laughs> yeah, I got him. <laughs> it's yep. like, talk to me later this week, boss. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be in discussions we'll later. We'll be in discussions later. <laughs> so uh, let's move on to number seven, which I call mock draft dot 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 a lot. Oh, yep. So... Some people mock draft five minutes before their draft uh, or the day of. They go, oh, I got a mock draft. And they do like one or two mock drafts and they feel like they're good. The only way to make a mock draft effective is A, I like to use the, I like to use the automatic ones like on Sleeper or Fantasy Pros to kind of get an idea of where the ADP is and then go mm-hmm. into an actual draft room and do it against real people because real people are unpredictable. They try to do their best to make it unpredictable on the the automatic ones. Yeah. Um, I find the automatic ones a lot faster and easier to get through than like an hour mock draft. Um, But try to do at least at least when you when you get to late July, early August, and say your draft is at the end of the preseason, so it's a month earlier. A month earlier, try to every day get on do a mock draft against real people. And do and start working through that because the more and more you mock draft, the more and more you're going to understand 
Th- like, say you already know where you're picking. I'm going pick two. I practice with pick two over and over and over and over and over again. You know what guys you're going to have by the time you get to the draft. Yeah. Generally speaking, these three players, four players might be on the board at this pick. I'm prepared for this, and I can take these guys. The mm-hmm. other thing it allows you do allows you to do is unremorsefully pick players and work on strategies that may or may not work. So if you want to go with the three the three headed monster at running back with the first three picks of your draft, try it. See how your wide receivers look. If you end up having a really good team and you do that a couple of times for a really good team, then maybe you can go into your draft room and be like, okay, maybe I draft three running backs to start. Or maybe yeah. there are certain situations that trigger that. So like, for example, sometimes in my mock drafts at, with the second pick, Juju Smith-Schuster falls to me. Sometimes he doesn't. So I have a plan if Juju falls to me, and I have a plan if he doesn't. And so mm-hmm. it's like you have to understand that certain situations might ha- – if you train yourself this – this lends to the don't panic thing. If you train yourself to not panic when certain situations happen because you already know, okay, I've experienced Travis Kelsey coming off the board right before me and I wanted to draft him. So I know what to do with the, which is not something I'll never experience. But uh, I understand what I need to do with that pick now. Right. You know, like if Juju does come off the board before me at two or at 209, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm going, oh my God, that was the guy I want. I'm not doing that. I'm going, okay, well, one, my mock draft five days ago, Juju went off the board and I had this kind of draft. So this is the draft I want to go for. And understanding the system behind what you're going to do. When I mock draft, I have like six different teams in my head, six, seven, eight different teams in my head based on how things fall because everything's going to get weird. If Travis, like I'm at two, not to ramble on, but I'm at I'm in the second round, yeah. pick 209, Travis Kelsey's going in the second round. If Travis Kelsey falls to 210, that is right around where his ADP is, and chances are the team right in front of me is going to pick. He picks twice because he's the turn pick. Right. So chances are he's going to pick Travis Kelsey. If Travis Kelsey falls to me, I'll pass on Travis Kelsey, let him take it, and wait on a player that I wanted to get. So it's just, it's all about creating right. strategy. And that, I mean, it does help you out a lot. I mean, mock drafting not only helps you out, but it's also fun, let's be honest. Yeah, it's uh, it, when you want to draft, <laughs> just go do that. Yeah, you have a sudden urge to draft, which we all do. Let's be honest. Don't join it's another about to be league. July. Do not join your 25th league. Yeah, in, in your six different website. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> just, just do your mock draft. It'll, it'll help Honey, you out. How much money did you spend on buy-ins? Uh, uh, $10,000. Let's just say we don't have our uh, Subaru anymore. <laughs> I bought in with my Subi. <laughs> By the way... um. Yeah, we might have to sell the house. <laughs> we might have to sell the house. Uh, go ahead, boss. All right. So what are we at now? Number, Number eight? Number eight. Holy cow, dude. We're flying. Flying. All right. Number eight for me, for the both of us. Stay open-minded. Um, For this one, for drafts, it's kind of plays into the theme that we've had of staying calm, like having strategies, yeah. staying open-minded. I think um you... You should always be prepared for different things too. Yeah. And always have different like strategies and kind of go with the flow of the draft. I think you kind of brought that up earlier, yeah. like playing to the strategies of the draft. 
you know, if you're picking at a, at where I am, so we'll use since we use you as an example, we'll use me yeah. as an example. I'm picking at ten. I know there's going to be a lot of different things that can happen for me. Yeah, and there could be a lot of different outcomes. I'm going to stay open-minded on every possibility. Mm-hmm. I could go two running backs there. I could go receiver running back. I mean, I could. I probably won't, but I could go two receivers there too. Right. Like, there's a whole bunch of different things I could do. Yeah. You got to keep that in mind, especially if you're picking at 10. Yeah. You're picking at one or two. You're picking at kind of those picks where mm-hmm. you get one or two guys, and then you ha- you got to wait a whole few rounds because a lot of things can change. And as you said, yeah. drafts are super unpredictable when you're drafting against other people. So you got to stay open-minded. You got to have mm-hmm. good strategies, and you got to have a lot of strategies but most importantly, just like be relaxed. I've gone, I've gone into so many drafts, closed-minded on what I wanted to do. Yeah, you had. And you're like, okay, I'm getting, um, I'm getting Jordan Howard, Carson <laughs> Wentz, I gonna say it, Ezekiel Elliott. Let's go. That's my yeah. team. Right. You losing you, the second round of the playoffs. You're like, well, so people always have their guys. So let's be like, well, I know I, I'm gonna get Melvin Gordon the first round. I want Philip Lindsay on my team. I I want Julio Jones on my team, and like when those things don't happen, you just like, like what's going on? What is happening? But this you, is not the team I right. wanted. But you got to stay open minded yeah. in drafts. Have an idea of what your team might look like, mm-hmm. but go into it saying, you know what? I have my I have my draft sheet. And I could I have, have a whole different combinations yeah, of guys. Right, and it it's doesn't like, matter. I just the more relaxed you are, the better you draft. I think yeah. that's that's kind of. The thing that I've realized over the years is that if you're sitting there going, oh, dang it, that's the guy I wanted, and then you're getting all stressed out and your face is red the draft room and everyone's like, what's wrong? That was kind of me last yeah. year, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> after after my, yeah. McCaffrey, McCaffrey almost fell to me and I got stuck with Jared McKinnon. <laughs> you shouldn't even have drafted McKinnon, boss. I know. Uh, well, I needed a running back at that point. But, th- but there's the perfect scenario of, 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 of going back to, like, number six, panicking. Yeah. You didn't – you thought you, – you were hoping that McCaffrey fell to you. But you were. I didn't really have a plan for the third yeah. round either. I actually, you know what my plan was? It was Jordan Howard. Yeah. Because I also like Jordan Howard too. I did not think in any way possible McCaffrey would fall to me, and then he almost did. And when that was happening, I was like, "Oh, McCaffrey, McCaffrey, McCaffrey." And, and then, then he got picked, and I was McKinnon. like, "Well, what do I do now?" You know. Yeah. So that's that's what like just in your draft, stay open minded, stick with it, and mm-hmm. um and and just be relaxed. Uh, number nine, don't draft stupid. I was wow. talking about this earlier. What what facts? He's he dropping mad facts on these people. They're gonna be like, "What, dude? I I can't. This is the most <laughs> astounding." Like, dude, can you hey? Can you um? Can you give me a uh, fantasy? Write tip that down. For... Don't draft stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's like can can you give me a fantasy tip? I I really want. Okay, man. Here's a tip. Here's a tip. Don't draft stupid. Don't draft stupid. <laughs> All right. So here's what I mean by don't draft stupid. This lends to everything that we've been talking against. Don't panic. You're panicking. You're freaking out. You're not staying open-minded. You didn't get the team that you wanted. You're not targeting. You're, you're, the guys you targeted are, you're overvaluing them and you're picking badly. <laughs> so <laughs> the guy comes, you know, you're sitting in the draft room and the guy comes off, you know, the guy you want comes off the board. Yeah. And you go, oh no, we've all, we've all done this. I'm not even like everyone. I've, I yeah. we just set an example yeah, of me right. doing it. And you're sitting there and you're like, Wow. Okay, that guy just came off the board, and then you're like, "Oh, there! I, I didn't have a backup plan. I didn't do a, you know, I didn't do enough mock drafts for this. I, what's what's on my list?" And your hands start shaking, <laughs> your palms start sweating, the clock's knees, ticking your knees down, weak, arms are heavy, you're nervous. <laughs> Did you just drop Eminem lyrics <laughs> on me? Uh, then you make a stupid draft pick. Mm-hmm. 
Then you make another stupid draft Jeremy pick. Kinnan. And then you make another stupid T.Y. draft Hilton. pick. Actually, he was okay. Uh, and so you just keep... Alshon Jeffrey. What happens is the second you make, you panic and you make one stupid draft pick. Yep. It usually leads to two or three more stupid draft picks. It starts and rolling down the it hill. It starts rolling down the hill. And then at the end of the draft, you're talking to me, trying to convince yourself that this is a good team, and, it's, and it really isn't. Um, and that doesn't mean that if you do draft badly, you can't fix it. Mm-hmm. The man's across from me had a pretty bad draft and won the championship. I mean, I did draft Mahomes, <laughs> bro, oh, and Barkley, and Sony Michelle. That's very true. But no, overall, my team. And Julio. Just, not meaning to flex my team. But <laughs> He's like, no, I didn't draft. I really didn't. I had like a very average draft. Yeah, right. Um, but if you let certain things affect you and you panic, um, it's going to end up. It's going to end up leading to stupid picks, and then mm-hmm. it's going to you know that stupid pick will run down to another stupid pick. This is what I'm talking about. If my get, middle, my middle rounds were awful. If you get right after from right as you said, my third round pick was bad. And it like and those are the rounds rounds you need to three be to like six or seven. I was yeah. awful. Yeah, those are the rounds you need to be dominating. Yeah. Um. So for me, it's just like you can't. You just if you if you it, it sounds so simple to say don't draft stupid because a lot of people be like oh I won't make any stupid draft picks, <laughs> but you get into the draft room and things just change. You know what I mean? Like you you start yeah. everything gets every everyone's like trying to the laugh pizza and joke grease around. Is starting to yeah, it's like getting through your down. hands and yeah. <laughs> The guy who put up the sticker put up the wrong sticker on the draft board, and you're trying to peel it off. <laughs> I didn't draft Saquon. Oh, I mean, I can't. Everybody's draft laughing at you now. <laughs> yeah, and you're panicking. You're like, oh my god, oh starting my god, to get nervous. It's down to ten seconds, and you got to make a decision. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't draft stupid. Yeah, pretty Go much. Go ahead, Rick. Give us the last one. All right, Number last 10. one. It's um kind of like draft for upside at the end of the end of the draft. Um. You know, if you're picking, you've already kind of, a, you've got your team, you've got your most of your bench at this point, you're kind of looking for guys that, in my opinion, at this point in the draft, you should be looking for guys with breakout potential, guys that can be number, like RB2s, RB1s, you know, not trying to brag or flex, but I was, last year, my thing was, and my strategy is always draft a quarterback you know yeah. Later in the draft, draft right. a quarterback you know is going to be good, and then right after that, go for someone with upside, or yeah. even vice versa if you right. want to go the other direction. And last year, the guy was Mahomes, and I took him, and things worked out. It's not always going to work out like that, obviously. <sighs> this year, there's guys like Josh Allen that you should lo- be looking at. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, like guys with great breakout potential that you yeah. can get in like rounds like 13, 12. That you can keep could, that Lamar Jackson they don't to have, yourself. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I will, boss. Don't you worry. But it doesn't even have to be quarterback. You could look for breakout running backs, breakout mm-hmm. wide receivers. Well, I think this is uh, the the hard part about this past year for drafts, uh, for the NFL draft at least, is that there wasn't any big running backs with large opportunity besides Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery. And right now people are over, over, over hyping those guys quite a bit. Josh Jacobs is a fourth-round pick. David Montgomery is a fifth-round pick. So... What I usually like to do is after I get my team established, rounds one, two, three, four, and five, right? You got your established team. You got your your, your main starters. You move into six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's where I start. Those five picks is where I start drafting 
for upside and I draft for value and I draft mm-hmm. for those situations. And so what I look for is usually a younger guy who has breakout potential and has the upside to do something really good. Um, this is where if David Montgomery starts falling back down the board, this is where I draft a guy like David Montgomery. This is where I'm drafting guys like Tyler Boyd, yep. Christian Kirk, Dante Pettis. Um, I'm listing all wide receivers. One of the guys I really like right now is Kenyon Drake. So like you start drafting guys like that, guys that will be potential breakouts, potential really good players on your team, but won't damage anything because right. they're sitting on your bench. Exactly. So that's what you want to do is draft for upside in that spot. Um, and I think that if you do well with the middle rounds, it really will help your team. Like one of the things last year, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. I drafted Carson Wentz, which I'll never do again. <laughs> and uh, no, I'll probably draft Carson Wentz again someday. Yeah, but you will. Um, maybe, maybe even this year. But because <laughs> I always love my Carson Wentz. But uh, um, see, now I started talking about Carson Wentz, and it was good. All your brain no. can think about is Carson yeah. Wentz. Uh, Joe Mixon. I should have taken Joe Mixon in that spot in the sixth round. Had I take, taken Joe Mixon, there's a number of things I could have done with that. Mm-hmm. And I could have gone and traded him away for a high-end wide receiver. I could have gone and traded him away for a better running back. I could have kept him on my could team. Could change and, your and, draft, too. Right. Because then at that point, you're going for like backups, and you can kind of play around with Right, them. exactly. And so it's like you draft the right guys in the right positions, and it ends up working out. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's it, there's a lot of different variables that you can add into that. But I think drafting for upside in the mid-rounds is really important, and drafting for, I, I mean, even like the late rounds. After you get past your top five, mm-hmm. try to draft for, for value and upside. And, and once you get to the end of the draft, you're going to be looking at your team going, okay, like literally every time I draft, and I do like like a, like I I rate it on Fantasy Pros. I get an A plus from my bench like every single time <laughs> because I'm good at drafting benches. I guess like I get third place in starters, and then it's like benches are like boom, you're the best. And I was like, all right. But if you do that, story of my life. No, it makes your team drafting well in the mid to late rounds allows you to do a lot of things during yep. the season because then you can make trades. Then you can do like if you draft badly like really bad like you you last year were like oh i'm gonna get Lashawn mccoy in the sixth round and you nailed that pick good job boss uh, Dude, I, but you start drafting this is why and i don't like drafting I drafted jimmy graham in the fifth round yeah i don't like drafting older guys in those yeah. mid rounds anymore because if you start drafting the old guys in the mid rounds it's like how are those guys some some morons gonna draft frank gore in like the 12th round i know it oh for sure i know it You're, uh so i mean for me it's just Draft for y- Someone, youth and upside. Youth and upside. Yeah. Someone's going to draft to Marius Thomas. <laughs> There's always people that are just going to... Always a Patriot? Wow. I'm going right. to go grab him. Yeah. And then they get all... There's always that sweaty. one random veteran that people will draft wicked early for no reason. Absolutely no friggin' reason. Um, yeah. That'll do it for our draft tips. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Our second tip show of existence. There you go. You might so wanna- now you got two. You play know, this bookmark, one back in a book, month. Bookmark both of them. Play them back in, yeah, in a month. Uh, be sure to listen next week as we move into our players that were forgotten in the 2018 Ooh. season. You, you, every year, you end the season, and then there are certain things that happen during the season that you just completely yeah, forgot I happened. Mean, there is a few-month gap between yeah. seasons. So yeah, it's, it's pretty seven, easy to forget. Months. So you completely forget about certain things that happened. Mm-hmm. We'll remind you some of those things um, and give you our forgotten players at running back quarterback wide receiver and tight end over the next two weeks should yeah. be an interesting set of episodes 
You got any closing thoughts for us, boss? Yeah. Um, the real tip is to draft Garoppolo, Mahomes, and McCaffrey. If you don't draft all three of those guys, you're losing your league. <laughs> See you later, fantasy champs. <laughs> See ya. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs. <laughs>